Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Amen. Well, good morning. I feel like I need to get reacquainted. I've missed two Sundays in a row. I don't know that I've ever missed two Sundays in a row at any church I've ever served, so it was really kind of strange to do that. But I will have to say, I was happy to be gone because I was with my daughters. I went one weekend to College Station to spend one weekend with one daughter and then traveled the next weekend to Oklahoma City to spend the next with that daughter. So we had a great time. It was wonderful. So even though I missed you, I was glad to be gone. <laughs> but I am glad to be back. Um, turn to your Bibles to Luke chapter 6. We're going to read verses 46 through 49. And... Um, we're gonna we've been doing a going deeper series for a very long time but I'm going to continue that series and the title of the message is digging deep digging deep so Luke chapter 6 verse 46 through 49 but why do you call me Lord Lord and do not do the things which I say Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, a stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd help me today. I feel such a deep word stirring in my heart. I pray that I'll be able to communicate what you want to say. I pray that we'll hear what you want us to hear, and that we'll respond accordingly in Jesus' name. Amen. So first, I... It's amazing how many times, I have no idea how many times I've read this passage of Scripture. Probably hundreds. I don't really know. And recently I was reading through it again and was shocked to see that Luke's um, account of this um, teaching that Jesus gave adds the words, dug deep. I never noticed that before. I've always just, I guess I've mainly focused on Matthew's account of it where he talks about the fact that we built our house on the rock and, and the floods came and all that. But I never noticed that, that, we, that Luke adds he dug deep. And that really intrigued me. So I did some study on it. And so when Pastor asked me to speak, I thought, great, I'll be able to talk about it. So that's what I'm going to do today. So first of all, I think we need to, I, I think we understand this, but I want to make sure we understand what the firm foundation is. What is the rock that we build on? And uh, we, we uh, I, I heard someone say Jesus. My wife and I had that discussion, and Jesus is typically the rock when we talk about Scripture. But Jesus makes it very, very clear what the rock is in this passage. The rock in this occasion is when we hear the word of God and we do it. That is the rock. When we hear the word of God 
and we do it. And of course, um, conversely, those who hear the word of God but don't do it, that's the one who builds on the sand. So I think we need to make sure we understand what we're talking about before we get started. What we're talking about is hearing the word and doing it. Hearing the word and doing it. So first, I want to talk about this idea of digging deep, and that's all we're really going to focus on. But number one, digging deep requires a lot of intentionality. It requires a lot of work. requires a lot of effort. We recently um, had to put down our dog that we've had for 17 years, little guy, and um, it was a sad day for the Bontrager family. But um, we, my daughter requested that I dig a grave for him, so I, I said, okay, I'll do that. So the guy that, that put him down said, you need to dig it three feet deep. That way, no animals would dig him up. <clears throat> Let me tell you. <laughs> digging a hole you know that long and that wide three feet deep that I mean this is three feet about I guess maybe about that that's a long that's a lot of work <laughs> I want you to know I was exhausted it took hours to do it I was sore for I about two or three days man I, my legs were sore I was hurting all over Digging is hard work. You let that sink in. Jesus said those who hear the word and do it, they're like the person who dug deep. And digging deep means that we expend energy, that we work hard to be able to grow in the Lord. Now, I want to make sure that we understand that everything that we receive from God is by His grace. Yes. I mean, we, we are nothing without His grace. But there is effort required on our part to position ourselves to receive that grace. Now, you may not agree with that, and that's fine. I love it when people disagree. But we, I, this is an open classroom setting, so you can't just speak it out. But you can tell me later you disagree. But, uh, but, but uh, yes, we, God will never love you more than he loves you right now. Whether you ever do a thing, he will never love you more. And that's so important for us to understand. But if I'm going to experience the working of God's grace... If I'm going to experience the healing of God's grace and the deliverance of God's grace and the wholeness of God's grace, there is effort required on my part. I have to expend energy and effort. I suppose God could just open us up and pour in spiritual maturity. I guess he could do that. But my question is this. If I'm not willing to expend the energy to grow in the Lord... If he just pours it in, will I be willing to expend the energy to maintain it? Yeah. Yeah. Let me just say that again. If I'm not willing to expend the energy that it takes to position myself to grow in the Lord, if he just automatically made me mature, would I be willing to expend the energy to maintain that? And, 
And to me, it's a rhetorical question. I, I think the answer is obviously no. I don't think we. I don't really think that most of us would be. So, so number one, I just want us to understand this digging deep that we're talking about today has to do with you doing your part, you expending the energy. And I think a very key word is being intentional. This man intentionally dug deep. This man intentionally laid a foundation on the rock. And this man intentionally built a house on it. It didn't just happen. He intentionally did it. And so I want to challenge everybody in the room this morning, everybody online as well, that, that your, your life in Christ won't just happen. I get a little passionate about that. My apologies. But it, 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 I can't preach once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> but we, it won't just happen to you. You won't just grow. You have, to, you have to be intentional about it. You have to seek after the Lord. You have to pursue God. And then growth comes. Then growth comes. So let's talk about digging deep. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, the old King James says, Study to show yourself approved, a workman that needs not to be ashamed. Before the Lord. Study to show yourself approved. The New King James says be diligent. Other translations I think have diligent as well. But the, the Greek word spudazo means basically to study. But it also can mean to be diligent. It means to put in effort. Put in effort. So put in effort. Study. Be diligent. So that you can be someone who can stand before the Lord unashamed. So it has to do with study. And, and what immediately comes to mind for me is studying the, what's, so first of all, I need to make the comment that I'm talking about now digging deep into the word. I think that digging deep has to do with digging deep into the word. So I'll make sure I get that out there. But the, my, what comes to mind for me immediately when I think about that is the parable of the sower. And I know I've preached on the parable of the sower, so I'm not going to re-preach that message. But I do want to mention the seed by the wayside. What was the seed by the wayside? It was seed that the devil came and was able to snatch away immediately. And it produced nothing. It was of absolutely no benefit at all. But was it good seed? Yes, it was good seed. The farmer reached into his bag. He grabbed seed, the same seed he grabbed that went on the wayside that got snatched away by the birds was the exact same seed that he's planted on good soil that produced the great harvest. But what was the difference? The scripture tells us clearly what the difference was, that the seed on the wayside was those who did not understand it. They heard the word, but they did not understand it. Wow, that's pretty, that's a little bit concerning, isn't it? We need to learn to understand the word. So I'm, 
going to be a little challenging today. My apologies, two weeks off, and man, you're just ready to go. <laughs> so forgive me. I don't want to be offensive at all. But, but if we're going to grow in the Lord, and if we're going to have a solid life, we're going to have to learn to study the Scriptures. Now, that's a little challenging because, and I don't know how to say all this without just saying it, but it, it's a little challenging because it's, I find there's not that many Christians who even read the Bible. <laughs> I mean, really, I, I teach at two different Bible colleges. These are Bible colleges, and, they, and I love the students. They're, they're wonderful students, but... But at both schools, I have discovered that most of the students don't read the Bible. And most of them really don't know the scriptures. And it's been shocking. But that tells me there's coming out of churches. And people in our churches aren't reading the scriptures at least not consistently, not regularly. And what I'm asking is a whole nother, <laughs> to put it colloquially, whole nother level. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm talking about actually studying the scriptures. We need to read the Bible, yes. We've got to start there. But if I'm going to dig deep, I've got to dig deep and figure out what it means. Because the parable of the sower clearly says that the seed by the wayside was the word that people did not understand. So I've got to figure out how to be a student of the word of God. I've got to study God's word. George Barna, who's a Christian researcher, tells us that the vast majority of American Christians, not Americans, but American Christians, not, this is such a depressing message, my apologies, but, but the, the, uh, the, uh, that the vast majority of American Christians are biblically illiterate, yeah. is the term that he uses. Biblically illiterate. So what are we going to do about that? I, I personally believe part of that is, and I probably shouldn't say all this, but I believe part of that is because the church has basically lost Sunday school. And I think that was line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. By the time our kids were in Sunday school for X number of years, they had basically gotten the whole Bible. And we've taken that away from them, so we need to do something about that. But... We can mitigate that somewhat by the fact that we have study resources available to you. Have study resources available to you that ministers used to not have. Yeah, you have amazing study resources available. You you can go buy a good study Bible. My wife and I we love the Spirit Filled Life Study Bible. Pastor Jack Hafer is the editor, but there are tons of great study Bibles. I think you do need to be careful what you get. I mean, you might get one that tells you that, that the gifts of the Spirit have, are done away with and the Holy Spirit's, you know, he's asleep somewhere. You might, you need to be careful what study Bible you do get, but, but you can get a good study Bible. And here's a, here is the truth. You can, you can read 
the introductory notes. You can read all about the book of the Bible, before, usually before each book. They have a lot about it. And you can get a basic education of the context of the scriptures. You can read the commentary about the verses. You can understand it. You have that resource. But I think a lot of times we have study Bibles, but we don't really use them very well. Then there are online resources. I mean, I try to get every one of my students to, to log in and register for esword.com. I mean, it's got all the study resources you could want. I mean, you could get, spend a lot of money and buy Logos or something like that, and if you've got the money, do it. I mean, I, I would do it if I had the money. But, but eSword, does, it gives you all that you want. You have great study resources available. There is, so what I'm basically saying is there's actually no excuse there's no excuse. And then we have our Bible studies at the church. Why are we doing that? We want to get people in the Word of God. We want to get people in the Word. So digging deep requires effort. It requires energy. It requires work. And we dig deep in the Word. We dig deep in the Word. The truth is, if we, don't, if we don't know what it means, it will not benefit us. That's, that seems almost sacrilegious to say that. Here's the word of God. I actually got a new Bible. My other one finally fell totally apart. But uh, I'm having a hard time adjusting to this. But um, we, this is God's word. But it's... Dare I say it? It's meaningless. It doesn't produce any benefit for you if you don't understand it. If you don't understand it. And I, I know you've heard it said before, but I mean, a little 30-minute sermon, 30 minutes. When's the last time we only preached 30 minutes? But anyhow, <laughs> Pastor Gwimbar does, of course. But, but, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, a 30-minute sermon on Sunday won't do it. It's important, but it won't do it. You need to be in the Word. So, I, I wish we had a different format right now. We could just open it up and say, okay, what are you going to do? You've heard me say it, now what are you going to do? What steps are you going to take? What action are you going to take to start getting into God's Word? Digging deep. Jesus said, you dig deep, build on the foundation, your life is solid, and it withstands life's storms. If you don't dig deep, and you don't build on a solid foundation, your life falls apart in life's storms. So that's what Jesus said. So we need to dig deep and build on the Word. The second thing about digging deep, though, that I think... <laughs> It's so critical is we need to dig deep in, the, in our own souls. And let me try my best to explain what I mean by that. The Word of God, I think now about the parable of the sower, and I think about the rocky soil. And the Word, the seed couldn't get in there because of all the rocks in the way. And in our lives, so just stay with me on this, in our lives, every single one of us, have issues in our lives. Every single one of us, the 
colloquial term is have baggage. We all have baggage. Some more than others, but we all have something. And, and here's, here's the dilemma. We, we need the word of God to be whole. But we can't receive the word of God because we're broken. We need the word of God to be whole. But we can't receive it because we're broken. That's a dilemma. What do we do with that? Well, Psalm 139 says, the psalmist cried out to God, God, search me. Try me. See if there's anything in me that needs to be fixed. So I think it starts with our hearts cry to the Lord. God, I want to be whole. I want to be well. And I ask you, Lord, to come and begin to pull these rocks out of my life and to begin to bring healing to my soul. It's kind of like the old chicken and egg question, which came first? Well, is it God's word bringing wholeness or is it me getting whole and then I'm able to receive God's word? Well, I will say unequivocally that we cannot get whole without God's word. So let that be settled. We need God's word to be whole. But we need to be whole to be able to let the word of God sink deep into our lives. And so here's how I think that happens. So just stay with me on this. We hear the word and do it. We hear the word and do it. So when we are in God's word, and we are in here, and when I say in the word, I don't mean we're just reading words on a page. I mean, we're reading and we're listening to the Holy Spirit. We're studying, we're understanding, we're, we're, we're waiting on God. That's what I mean by being in the word, not just reading words on a page. So we're in the word. And then God puts his finger on something in our hearts. Follow me on this. God puts his finger on something and says, we need to heal this. We need to take care of this. Okay, you just heard from the Lord when you hear that. Now the next step is to do something. The next step is to respond. God put his finger on something in your heart. Now you need to respond to that. And when you do respond to that, it's like God pulls one of those rocks out of that, that rocky soil. And he makes you a little bit more whole. He gives you a little bit more deliverance. He brings a greater degree of health to your life. And the result is the word of God can work deeper into your life. And then you're going along and God shows you something else. And you respond. At whatever, now hear me on this, at whatever point God points something out to us and we refuse to hear it and we refuse to respond, at that point we're stuck. At that point, we're not going any deeper because we have 
not heard and haven't done. We haven't heard and haven't done. We hear and do. We hear and do. We hear and do. And the truth is, God wants us whole. God wants us well. God wants us free. But there's effort involved in doing that. I have a friend who's a counselor who always uses the expression, doing the hard work of getting well. Doing the hard work of getting well. There's a lot of work involved. My wife shared with you her testimony. It's been a couple years ago now, I guess. I'm not sure when it was. But I, I watched her process and work and God to bring healing to her life. She, she tells a story of, of one, I mean, she was raised in a very dysfunctional home, and I don't want to say anything negative about her family. She's a wonderful family. But it was very dysfunctional, and there was a lot of things that she dealt with, including sexual abuse for very many years, eight years, I think. And so she shared all this. I'm not sharing anything I shouldn't share. And she gave me permission to share today. And, and because of that, there were some issues in her life. There were things that she struggled with. I actually didn't know she had been sexually abused when we got married. We didn't, I didn't find that out until quite a few years later. And there were just issues that she struggled with. And one day she tells a story of she was responding to something and she doesn't remember what it even was, but she was responding to something that was going on. And her response, and all of a sudden she had the realization that what she was, the way she was responding had nothing to do with what, she, what was going on at the moment. It was all rooted in the past. It's all rooted in the past. And at that moment, she thought, I've got to get well. And, and I'm telling you, for several years, she pressed in. She sought God. She went to counseling. She got, yeah. <laughs> now, she's still not perfect, of course, but she's long, she's, she's almost there. <laughs> I want to know what you said. <laughs> yeah, but, God, but it took a lot of work. And, and it's amazing what God has done in her life over those, over those years. And it's the, the health and the wholeness that I see in her life. But it didn't just happen. It took a lot of work. It took a lot of work. In Exodus chapter 23, it's a very interesting verse, 23 verse 9. God is talking to the children of Israel, and he says, I'm not going to drive out the enemies in one year. It's going to take, <laughs> take some time. It's going to be a little by little. And I think that's a huge principle to be aware of, that our growth is ongoing. It doesn't just happen, and we're done but it's ongoing. Well, what happened with the Israelites, unfortunately, they just settled in. 
They just settled in with the enemies. And they began to intermarry with them and worship their gods and just kind of mix life with them. That's not what God wants us to do. He wants us to be aware of those points where we need to grow. And, okay, so if I'm not growing there yet, I know I'm going to. The time is going to come that God's going to help me break through this. He's going to help me break through it. You guys with me on this? We need to dig deep in our souls. I think that, I think way too many people just think this is who I am. This is who I am. And that's not true. It's not who you are. God has change he wants to bring to your life. It's change. The person who built their house on the sand um, still built a house. They still built a house. But they they didn't make any effort. They didn't dig down through the sand. They didn't find the rock. They didn't study. They didn't do the deep work that was required. They, I know I've said this before. I think I said it the very first time I ever preached here, but it's just an expression that I often repeat, that if we don't live life, life will live us. I know I say that all the time. My apologies, but I just think it's so true. We have to decide. We have to be intentional. And we have to decide how we're going to live life. Or it just happens to us. And I think of the person building on the sand as just kind of just taking whatever comes. And, you know, that's just that's the way it is. And that's not the way it is. God wants us to dig deep, find the rock, and build our house on that. The one thing I, that I don't like about the, the passage is that both houses face the storm. <laughs> both houses face the storm. Now, I do believe that those who are righteous and diligent, I do believe we're spared a lot of life storms because a lot of life storms come because of bad decisions and bad lifestyles and bad choices. And so we're spared those And I do believe that we can, the old expression I grew up with was plead the blood of Jesus over our family and over our home, and I believe we can do that. And God just gives us protection and provides for us. And so I do think we have that going for us as well. But the truth still remains that every single person goes through storms. It just is the truth. I mean, you have plumbing that breaks, your cars break down, you know, you, and, and you know, those are just silly things, but we all lose loved ones to death. We, we all experience pain and sorrow in life. So I think we need to be aware of that. I know we are aware of it, we need to think about it consciously. 
I'm going to, I'm going to face storms in my life. And, and what, what is going to hold me? What, what is going to keep me? How am I going to not only survive but thrive through the storms? Well, it's going to be because I dug deep into God's word. I dug deep into my own life, my own soul. And I got down to the bedrock level. And I was able to build my life there. So my challenge to us today is I know that, well, I don't want to say that. My challenge to us today is that we hear this word and we do something about it. That you make some very conscious decisions about what you're going to do about digging deep into the word. I mean, if you're not even reading it on a regular basis, that's probably where you need to start. And, and I say that, and, and maybe everybody in the room is reading, but, but my experience is, is that that's probably not true. And so you just need to set, and I always say this, and I probably have said it here before, but we need three things. You need a time that you read the word. Now, if you're just going to read it whenever, that whenever is not going to come. You need to set a time of the day that you're going to read God's word. You need to have a place, and I believe that may not be true for you, but I think you need to have a place. That's just kind of your special place. That's where you go to read God's word. For me, if the weather's nice, it's my front porch on my rocking chair. (laughs) If it's not, then it's my chair in my study. But that's where I read the word of God. And then you need a plan. If you just open the Bible and just, just read, I mean, you wouldn't read a novel that way or anything else that way. You need a plan. How are you going to systematically work your way through the scriptures? You need a plan, a time, a place, and a plan. Maybe you're already reading, but you're not really getting very deep in it. So what are you going to do about that? Maybe just you have a good study Bible. Maybe you're just going to decide, I'm going to take, I'm going to, I'm going to spend time and read the introductions and, and whatever it is, but you need to set something in place. And then what about digging deep in your own soul? How, how do we do that? Well, like I said, Psalm 139, I think it starts off with a cry from your heart. I think it's verse 23. Cry, God, I need you to search my heart and let me know. Help me. I want to be whole. I want to be well. I went through somewhat of a journey myself, probably not as intense as my wife's, but I I was raised in a fairly dysfunctional home, a great family, but my dad was an alcoholic. I'm happy to say that he's been sober for 30 plus years. So thank God for that. Yeah. <clears throat> but, but when I was 37 years old, we had taken a trip, and I won't go into details, but, but God transported me. And you may think I'm weird, and that's okay. 
because I probably am. But, um, but I, God transported me, and I was as if I wasn't, I wasn't remembering being 17. I was 17. And I was reliving a very traumatic experience in our family. And I was experiencing all these emotions that I don't even remember experiencing at that time. And it was because of all the pressure that was going on. And, and, and the Lord graciously took me back and let me rel- realize exactly what I had been experiencing. And, and that began a 10-year process. It took about 10 years of God just, it would just do that. I would suddenly experience something else like that. And then I would respond to it. And God would work healing in my life. And I would just go on, and then poof, something else would come up. It was just, it just, it wasn't happening every day, but it was very consistent, really for almost 10 years. I can't remember exactly. But I will say this, and I'm not saying this to, as if, okay, I've got it figured out, but I will say this, that, that I realized what was happening, and I was very open. God, I, I want to hear what you're saying. And, and when, he would, when he would show me, I would respond. I would do something about it. So I, I think my wife says that it's too easy for me because <laughs> when God shows me, it's like, okay, that's it, and I'm done with that. So I, I'm done with that. But you may require counseling. You may require prayer. You may require deliverance. But whatever it takes, dig deep. Dig deep into your own soul. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So I'd like to end with prayer. And I do we have prayer prayer partners today? I can imagine our prayer partners being flooded, or I can imagine absolutely no one going. Because some of you may be like, I'm not about to go over there now. Everybody goes, no, I'm dealing with stuff. <laughs> but I just, I just wonder if we have some people that, that would be like Leona and just say, wow, I've got to do something about this. Yep. I've got to do something about this. You, you, you may, it may be anger. It may be bitterness, it may be fear, it may be insecurity, maybe all kinds of things that you're dealing with. And, and you realize, I, I don't want to keep living like this. I want to dig deep. And I want to find the foundation. And I want to do something about this. So if that's you, I'm going to encourage you to go and have someone in the prayer team pray with you. Um, but regardless, I pray that you would, you would make a decision. You're going to dig deep in the word and dig deep in your own soul and get ready for the storm. <laughs> so it's coming, but we, you know, that's just what Jesus said. Let's stand together. <clears throat> Father, I thank you for the power of your word. Lord, I pray that I've communicated it well today. I hope I have, but regardless whether I've 
fumbled all over the place. I pray that you will have communicated to hearts and souls and that peoples will, um, will be touched. God, that hearts will be stirred. And Lord, more than that, but they will be stirred to action. That they'll be willing to do the hard work of digging deep in your word and digging deep in their own souls and getting down to the bedrock and building their lives in Jesus' name. Praise you, Father.